Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. The new Super Beats Heart Shoes Advanced is now supercharged with CoQ10. Support your healthy CoQ10 levels and blood pressure with two chews a day. Visit RadioBeatsBeets.com and save 15% with promo code DEAL. Bruce, you just said who knows when the next Tom Brady might come, but realistically, when you think about that, if you think about that, how unlikely is it that another Tom Brady will ever come in a sport like Yeah, I, I doubt, seriously, there will be another team like the one he was on for all those years and the one he's on now, you know, um, because he has a bunch of individual records on a team sport. And I always harp about it. It's not just Tom. There's 10 other guys out there uh, with him and 11 on defense. And that defense he had in New England, the defense he's got here, uh, has helped him win a bunch of games. And, uh, and those guys up front keeping him clean. Tampa Bay Buccaneers from the 48-yard line. Second down, 13. Brady lobs one downfield. Caught ball by Gronkowski. Inside the 20 to the 15-10. Gronkowski to the 5 to the 4-yard line. Holy guacamole. <laughs> Third down, 18. Dropping Gannon, looking Gannon, looking Gannon. Those up the middle. It's intercepted at the Derek 30. Brooks. Derek Brooks, 30. Brooks to the 25, 20. Derek Brooks all the way. There it is. The dagger's in. Yeah. We're going to win the Super Bowl. Super Bowl, baby. This is the big nasty. Yeah, big nasty Hall of Fame Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, baby. This is Mike Allstott, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother. You ain't listening, and you're missing out. Woo! Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new edition of the Cannon Fire Podcast, live on YouTube today for episode 217. Following another blowout victory for the Buccaneers on the season, they advanced to 6-1 and one for the first time in franchise history. Quite a productive afternoon for the Buccaneers, hosting the Bears at home. 38-3, once again, your final score. A historic afternoon. Records broken. I mean, it was just it was it was a it was a great Sunday in Tampa Bay. Another great Sunday in Tampa Bay. Uh, we're gonna break all that down over the next hour or so here on the Cannon Fire Podcast. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, as always, Rhett Matthew. Joined alongside me, my good buddy and co-host, the Philly Bucks fan himself, Mr. Evan Wanish, and uh, joining us today as well, the honorary third member of the show, Mr. Bucks Nation, aka James Hill. How we feeling, boys? Huh? What a game from Tampa Bay. There's there's a lot of great things to talk about, and believe it or not, there, there's probably going to be some stuff we'll talk about that uh, that might piss people off. But you know that's a champion mentality at the end of the day. The Bucks just they keep winning, man. An- another impressive victory today. It was okay. Yeah. <laughs> it was just okay. Yeah. I mean, by James's standards, yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So we came into the game, and I, I said about on the preview how. The Bears offense, you know, was 32nd and, and stuff like that. And 32nd total offense, 32nd to pass or whatever, you know. 
And I'm sorry. I really am. I gave the Bears too much credit. <laughs> By saying that, like I, I gave the Bears way too much credit. I, I mean, man, oh man, that is brutal to watch. I mean, you're talking about playing a, you know, I, I understand the Bucks defense it was talented and the Bears offense sucked, but still, like at some point, like yeah, Allen Robinson is a good player. I think Justin Fields is actually still a good quarterback. And you're playing a team that that has one starting corner, basically. No Levante David. Jason Peter Paul is playing with a torn rotator cuff, basically. Broken finger. And you get a field goal. Five turnovers, four sacks. Just holy crap. Credit to the Bucks. I mean, you know, credit, you know, like credit to the Bucks defense. They, they play their butts off, like obviously, but man, oh man, Chicago is way in more rough shape than I thought he was going to be. It's, it's, it's insane. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I mean, geez, I just, I've been taking a look at the stats here. I'm sure we'll be looking at this a lot. You know, it's bad whenever you have a secondary that's without Carlson Davis, that's without Sean Murphy bunting, that's without Richard Sherman. Jamal Dean got hurt multiple times in this game. Right. And Justin Fields, 184 yards, three interceptions, no touchdowns. That's tough. Yeah, that's tough, man. Chicago's leading receiver was Darnell Mooney. And on the day, he had two catches for 39 yards. Um, Incredibly enough, they are the first team to, I think, eclipse 100 yards rushing on Tampa Bay. Uh, That no name running back that we were kind of cracking jokes about on the preview show went out there and had a day against Tampa Bay. But it doesn't matter. Even if your run game works, as long as you you know can't keep up with Tampa Bay, they're going to win the game nine times out of ten. Support for the Cannon Fire podcast is brought to you by our good friends over at BetOnline.ag. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any other place online. And of course, they've always got the online casino, which never closes. So head over to BetOnline.ag today to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Once again, BetOnline, your online sportsbook expert. You know, as we as we talk about efficiency in this one, starting the game for Tampa Bay, it took the Bucks three minutes and 42 seconds to stop Chicago on defense, get the ball after a great punt return from Jalen Darden, who made hey, his debut. That's great for the brand, isn't it? Yeah, that is man. just, I mean, you know, quick clap for Jalen Darden. Yeah, real quick. sir, let's just, give it up know, for the rookie. I mean, come on, man. That's uh, Jalen Darden. Yeah, and he had that nice, nice little end around. Yeah, yeah. nice, nice day. You, you kind of could tell how this game was going to go for Chicago very early on. 43 yards on that punt, set up the Bucks with a short field. And uh, I believe it was the Leonard Fournette two-yard touchdown on that first drive. Yeah. But regardless, it didn't take the Bucks very long to take control of this game. And throughout the early course of this game, complimentary football at its finest, might I say. When both sides yeah. of the ball were, were rolling as they were today, there were a couple of times when the offense stalled out. But when you're up by 30 points, it's, you know, if you sit around and gripe about that, there's really no point in doing so. Um, you know, guys like Tom Brady and I'm sure Bruce Arians are going to tell you that they left points out there on the field and Tom probably could have made some more throws today. Uh, but regardless, you still win the game by 35 points. Blaine Gabbert gets in the game. Honestly, it felt like Tom wanted to stay in this game for as long as he possibly could. He got that 600th career touchdown, the only player in NFL history to do so. And uh, Mike Evans found the end zone three times, but. You know, just when this team was doing its thing, like we know that they can, it is 
against the Bad Bears team, but it was some of the best complimentary football I've seen from Tampa Bay probably ever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, really, the Bucks' offense got what? Like one, like, actual drive against the Bears' defense where they resulted in a touchdown? Right, like, it was like four straight short field scenarios for them. Yeah, like they scored 21 points in the first quarter. Like it's just it was it seemed like it was turnover after turnover every time Chicago had the ball. It was either a three and out or a turnover, whatever it was. And I mean, it's not even like Chicago was driving down and then they had to turn over. No, they would have the turnover like the second or third play of the drive. It just it got out of hand so quick for Chicago and credit to the Bucks. I mean the defensive line really stepped up and made you know life tough for Justin Fields. That's what they needed to do. That's what we've been preaching, right? Four sacks on a day. Uh, I, I believe you know, they had a strip sack as well. Uh, two strip sacks, yeah, I think. Yeah, two strip sacks. Um, yeah, JPP had two sacks on the afternoon. One of those was a strip sack. Shaq Barrett continuing his top-tier performance. He had a strip sack today. And uh, Antoine Winfield Jr., who returned off of concussion protocol, very first play from scrimmage off of the blitz, got – to the quarterback Actually, it was it was, yeah, it, was, it, was it was the, it was, the second play yeah, it was yeah. The second play okay which ross Cockrell also should have fell on that ball anyway but like whatever yeah um so yeah i mean they could have had six turnovers if ross Cockrell just falls on that ball and picks up that's another turnover so potentially six turnovers for the bucks defense just yeah the, the bears i mean they are in whew, they are in some rough 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 shape offensively and i mean the the bucks really really uh really took it to him. And I mean, I thought most guys played great. I mean, really can, can really not much to complain about, honestly, especially on the defensive side of things, offense, maybe a little, but whatever, we'll get to it. Um, But yeah, defensively, I just thought everything was fine. <laughs> it's like, I know it's not much of a challenge um, because of the, you know, the offense that you were playing. However, it's nice to see this type of domination. Uh, Bree D with a $5 super chat. Oh, there we go. Heck, yeah, thank you for donating. Account. Thank you for donating to the Wendy's fund. <laughs> James, what uh, what were your thoughts all around for the game today? So, I initially thought that like this this might have been the most complete game we've seen from the Bucks in the Brady era. But then I went back and I thought, well, what about that Dolphins game? And then I thought about the Lions game. Right. <laughs> but regardless, this is still probably what top three most complete game we've seen from the Bucks in the Brady era uh, so far? Maybe, maybe top five. Yeah, I think there's been a few times where the offense has been better, so. Right, right. Um, So, I mean, this is this was a great win, right? Everything that you wanted to go right went right for the most part, minus a couple of small things. It's really nitpicking at the end of the day. But regardless, yeah, this was great. The defense looked phenomenal. You know, the offense did what it needed to do to win the game and uh overall yeah it was awesome it was great yeah it, it really felt like the bucks were able to control this game in all three phases uh during the third quarter even though the offense started to slow down you started to see the run game get a little bit more involved some of that chew clock coming in uh into the third quarter is what i'm thinking of but let's go ahead and talk about the offensive production today as, as we take a look at this game as a whole i know the defense is the star of things but we'll get to those guys soon enough so looking at the stat lines here tom brady the quarterback 20 for 36 211 yards four touchdowns probably could have had like five or six maybe seven touchdowns in this one it, it seemed like the red zone offense struggled today more than it has the entire season but you know when it's a game like this it's 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 very easy to forget but um you know tom looked sharp 
broke his record, did have a bad string of incompletions, but again, it's it's really not anything that seems worth looking too far into, right? You, you know, <laughs> is there a quarterback controversy in Tampa Bay? Is is Tom Brady not as sharp as we thought he was at one point? I mean, I thought maybe. It was great. No, I it's... thought Tom Brady was great. He did exactly <laughs> what he needed to do. I think he's in the running for MVP. Oh yeah, man. No, I, I mean, think... yeah. The, the the thing that sucks is like it felt like he could have had more than two hundred and eleven yards. It nope. felt like that was it was great. No, I mean it. It was great. If I've got to hear fans and the national media talk about Jameis Winston whenever he did it in week one with 180 passing yards, no. Tom Brady did the same exact thing. This man should be an MVP. I'll take it. All right. It's valid. Calm calm down, Bug Nation. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, I don't want to hear it. That, that, that's like our conversation about the Sixers the other day. That's how I was. Basically. <laughs> that was basically how it was. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I thought, you know, just like you said, Brady did what he needed to do, right? He Very rarely did he put the ball in harm's way. When he did, it was just either a good play by Chicago or wasn't really many, like, dumb decisions, I would say, or anything like that. So, yeah, I thought he, he did what he needed to do. I mean, the 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 deep ball to Mike Evans was a really nice ball. Um, places you know, perfectly. Nothing the defensive back could do there. You know, to me, I felt like at times his offensive line let him down a little bit. I, I felt like, you know, he was hurried eight times in the game. So it just it felt like sometimes when the Bears were blitzing, they were starting to be able to to get up the middle and and push the pocket a little bit, which forced some incompletions. Uh, but other than that, yeah, I mean, I, I thought Brady was fine. There was a few balls he missed, but whatever, you know. Um, yeah, he, he did what he needed to do, four touchdowns. I think the only reason he stayed out there as long as he did was because they were so close to scoring a touchdown when uh, that goal line stand, and then they didn't, and then they got the short field. Um, you know, four touchdowns felt like he could have had six or seven. Um, yeah. And also, you know, Bree, I, I know you're not a housewife because I know Rhett doesn't have any money. So um, <laughs> I, I know that I know that for certain. Wow. So, Wow, I know let's it's, take it's, a, definitely, let's, it's definitely coming out of your pocket. So I do appreciate the super chat. I, yeah, I there we go. Let's take a detour to. <laughs> okay. Um, it, I, I wanted to ask really quickly. We talked about Tom Brady's day. He broke the record 600 touchdowns. What did you think of that whole Mike Evans football ordeal? So Mike Evans got three touchdowns yeah. on the day and uh, every single touchdown I've noticed this season when the Bucks play at home, he usually goes out of his way to find somebody in a Mike Evans jersey and give them a game ball. So I'm going to make sure every Bucks game I go to for the rest of my life, I'm going to have my Mike Evans jersey on. <laughs> but um, so the guy had the ball for probably Man. five minutes. And then I guess a staff member had to come over and bargain with him to try and get it back. Mm-hmm. What did you make of that whole ordeal? Would you, I, I might've, I might've tucked the ball and ran out of the stadium. I don't okay. know if they would have been able to catch me. All right. All right. So real quick, just to recap, as far as I know, what he received in return for the ball, was, was another worth. was another well mate well hang on i, I want to get you guys opinions on it was another game ball was a signed jersey now we don't know who the signed jersey was by we don't know that for sure we'll probably find that out later but we do right now we don't know whether i would demand it to be either brady or evans one somebody involved in the play um a signed jersey and they also gave him a thousand dollar gift card to the bucks team store oh did they really Yes, they did. They gave him a thousand dollar gift card to the Bucks hey, team. Store. James, so I want I want your opinion real quick, real quick. I mean, I, I do actually. I want Rhett to get that. What, what's up? Uh, well, I was gonna say, James, really quickly, thousand dollars to the Bucks store. That's almost enough to buy 
Tom Brady signature. That's only like a third of what you need to get an autographed Tom Brady something or other from the box store, as me and James saw at training camp. But still, I will say, if if I were there, you know, yeah, the, the, the question is, did, did he receive enough? Or was it a fair trade? I don't think so, solely because no, of, of so what he could have gotten for that ball yeah. in return. Like I said, I would have left the stadium as soon as possible. I know I, yeah. my loyalty is to the Bucks, but when you look at, uh, you know, let's get <laughs> let's get logistical here for a minute. When you look at the return that that football could have gotten you on the open auction somewhere. I mean, hundreds of thousands of dollars. That is a one of one football piece of memorabilia. Tom Brady, 600th touchdown hand delivered by the man who caught the touchdown. Yeah, that's a once in a lifetime that's... experience. Uh, I'm, I mean, unless the Bucks want to give me free season tickets for life. And, you know, maybe $3,000 at the uh, at the merch store so I can actually buy Tom Brady's autograph then maybe I'll think about it. But I, I thought that guy got fleeced. You know, I thought, um, yeah, I would have done the same thing. I would just, <laughs> I would have left. I mean, there, there's no way like I'm, I'm staying there. I can listen. That, I can listen right? to the game on the radio on the way home. Yeah. I, I can watch like, it's easily accessible nowadays to watch the game. I'm fine. Like, yeah, I will stand outside the stadium and listen to it. I I'm not, I'm getting out of there. Um, yeah. I, I don't think it was a fair trade-off. I do think it's, it's, a decent return, but it's just not like you said, man. And I think there's proof that it's him too. He's like yeah, the cameras yeah. got caught him getting the ball. So he can prove that it is him. And that is the actual ball. Yeah. I just, you know, Hey, cool for him. I mean, he wanted to do that for Tom. I mean, you know, I would yeah. be like, okay, let me stay with you for a week. Then Tom, <laughs> let me, you know, <laughs> let me pick a week out in the off season or something. Let me just hang out with you um well, I'll, I'll go to practice you won't even know i'm there yeah exactly james what did you rule. think i don't know the rules with that though because is the football technically nfl property yeah but no so what happens is when a player gives you the ball you get to keep it just when, every when time the, when yeah if the player gives you the ball you get to keep it you don't, you're yeah. not forced. Now, if the ball is thrown by let's say Tom Brady throws the ball away and it goes into the end zone, you don't get to keep that. But if the ball is after a touchdown is scored, if a player willingly gives you the ball, you get to keep that ball. The player's fined for it. The player is fined a couple thousand dollars, like a thousand bucks or something. Could you imagine how much money Mike Evans, you would have been forced to buy the ball back. Yeah. But uh, no. So just from what I know um, that, that happens right in every sport. If it's a big deal, you know, teams will ask nicely at first. And then I don't know if they'll ask as nicely. Uh, you know, if, if the fan doesn't want to give it back, like you said, Red, if the guy would have just ran away, then that would have been a pretty <laughs> yeah. good, but yeah. you also got to think that might've been as to why they left the camera lingering so long as so they all <laughs> knew, like, you better not leave. We know what you look like. You know, it's funny <laughs> you know because I, mean? I imagine in a scenario where if he does tuck the ball and try and run out of the stadium, it's almost like a lockdown situation. They start locking all the gates, getting security, I, like, and they're going to tackle might, the guy in the corridor that somewhere. Legit. Like that might've <laughs> right. been a, Right, like no, NFL, that's FBI, ball, man. That's my ball at that point. Mike Evans gave that to me. That is my ball. So, so the case with that is, um, yeah. So I just know that teams in every sport, or you know, whatever, if there's anything related to that kind of stuff, like monumental milestone type stuff, I know yeah. that they'll ask nicely, and then like you know, they'll kind of really strong arm. And if the fans like, I don't want, you know, I yeah. want to keep it, but it's yeah. I mean, 
I don't know. It's a fine return, I guess. I mean, the only reason he got it was out of the kindness of Mike Evans' heart. He didn't work to get that football. He was just in the right place at the right time. He probably, sure, but he, also, like, he doesn't have to give that ball back. That, like, that's what no, I'm saying. He doesn't no, no, that's, no, that's fine. He doesn't have to give it back. I'm just saying. The dude's just stupid. I mean, I guess it's like winning the lottery, I guess, right? Yeah. I guess. Yeah, I mean, I just, if, man. If, I could know. you imagine if Mike wouldn't, he just didn't hand it off. He just went, this is fun and just chucked it up into he's, the I mean, he's, listen, he's done that before. I've got video. Yeah. I, I missed a Mike Evans reception, God, by literally a hand. The guy next to me caught it. It was the Arizona Wasn't, game. That was the Arizona. Hey, I was, yep. I was there. I was in the end zone. Mike Evans caught the ball. Actually, no, it was an O.J. Howard touchdown. Mike yeah, Evans picked right. the ball up and then threw it into the stands, and it landed right next to me. If I wasn't filming, I would have had it. But while we are talking about Mike Evans, I want to talk about the production he had on offense today, and I'm really glad he put up this stat line. Six receptions, 76 yards, and three touchdowns. It, it, it had to feel nice, not only because I'm a huge fan of Mike Evans, but we got our buddy Tony Saylor, a.k.a. Tony Baloney, hanging out in the chat. And listen, <laughs> the Mike Evans slander this week was real, and it will not be forgotten. Tony, as much as I love you, the Bucks should be 7-1 by the Berry House Watch Party, in which Tony Baloney said he's going to buy everybody there a beer. <laughs> But uh, you are you are not off the hook, my friend. Mike Evans is is a legendary Buccaneer, and he proved it yet again today. So I'm glad he had the afternoon that he did. Oh uh, man, yeah, just uh, yeah. I mean, I would have given the football back. Are you? But saying, I are you still thinking about, about it? What are you talking, talking about? <laughs> but 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 you know what I would have asked for? I would have asked for a photo with Brady. We're not talking like, about that. Yeah, I know. That's fine. I just I really had to get that point across. Okay, oh, well, a delayed response. Ha- half, there. <laughs> half of Mike Evans's receptions today were touchdowns, so there's that. Yeah, that's all I gotta go, say, man. That's uh, that's all I gotta say. Speaking um, of some other big receivers on the day, Chris Godwin, your leading receiver for Tampa Bay, eight receptions, 111 yards, and a touchdown for CG. And uh, the running game as well. While the passing game wasn't that great with the running backs, it was nice to see both of them have pretty productive days. Leonard Fournette, all season Lenny, 15 carries, 81 yards, and a touchdown. Ronald Jones showed up today, 10 carries, 63 yards, had a couple of nice runs. No touchdowns, but they certainly tried to get him in the end zone, man. They tried. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. you can't say they didn't make an effort there. But, you know, another offensive clinic with, with pieces that you're missing. Antonio Brown not in this game. Rob Gronkowski still kind of on the men, should be back soon. But just the levels of production that we talked about and – the fact that guys like Tom Brady and Bruce Arians are going to say they left points on the field, it's hard to walk away from this one really feeling upset. And I, I, I think that kind of says everything there is to say about the offense today, right? Yeah, I mean, they, they did what they needed to do. Like, you know, you get a short field, don't kick a field goal, score a touchdown. It's what you yeah. needed to do, right? That's, that is what you needed to do. Um, you know, because if they kick field goals instead of touchdowns, it's a, it might be a completely different game. Like it might be a completely different game. So yeah, it's, it's big. It, it is, it is certainly a, a big deal that they were able to do that. And um, it's just, you know, like I said, obviously, you know, points are points, but uh, th- uh, six mathematically six is more than three, right? So anytime you can get six and also suck up, missed the field goals. They left even actual, like actual points on the board. He did. Um, I, that as that well. might've been his, his worst miss as a buck. Yeah, it's I just, mean, no, nowhere close. Like, yeah. It's, it's makeable. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, yeah, it, it was, that was weird. Um, but yeah, I mean, just 
you know, like you said, the offense went out and they got the job done, right? No turnovers, uh, you know, very little penalties. What they have one penalty today. Um, so, you know, they, they did what they needed to do. Yes. I know the bears didn't have Robert Quinn. They didn't have a Keem Hicks, obviously that, um, you know, that, that factors into it for sure. But at the same time, the bears defense isn't, isn't any slouch still. And I mean, Tristan Wirfs did a great job on Khalil Mack, right? Just shut him down. Yeah, he was a so complete can... non-factor today. It felt. Yeah. I mean, you only remember if he played honestly. So um, yeah, I just, you know, yeah, there's not a whole lot to say about the offense because they did what needed to be done. Like it wasn't really flashy. It was just good football. Like it just, that, that's what it was. I think one of the biggest takeaways from the offense this season as a whole, uh, we, we've talked a lot about how, you know, oh, they leave points on the field, but yet they can still go out and drop 45, 38, almost 50 points on teams. And I guess what I've learned from this is that while the Bucks may never play a perfect game on offense, when they finally do, they're going to put up like 74 points and break the NFL scoring record. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So uh, once again, speaking to the levels of production on this offense, just at an incredible pace, and uh, they've got quite the test next week in New Orleans, but it should be a good one. Now, let's talk about the stars of the contest, the defensive side of the ball. You know, production, complimentary football is a hot topic today, and let's take a look at the stat line for the defense. They were merciless coming into this game. On the blitz, it was one of those things where, like, I think, you know, Tony Romo talked about it. For the defense, it was... To blitz or not to blitz? How confident do you feel in getting after the quarterback? We know Justin Fields is a little shifty. He can make things happen in the pocket, but he is still a rookie. And uh, I think he got rattled pretty quickly from the beginning of the game. They were on him and uh, that, that, that pocket was constantly just closing in on him and he had to try and make things happen. His quarterback line was not that great. But again, some of the guys who shined four sacks for the game. JPP had two sacks. One of those was a strip sack. Shaq had a strip sack. Antoine Winfield technically had a strip sack, even though I don't think the Bucs ended up recovering that one. Mm -hmm. Three interceptions. Dee Delaney had a pick. Pierre Desir with a huge pick. I mean, he jumped up to snag it. That was a beautiful highlight real play. And then Jordan Whitehead got one as well. So everything you could have asked for from a defense that's already struggling with injuries, you're down bad in the secondary, but the rest of the team was able to step up and just complement the back end of things and make it a lot easier on those guys to uh, – not only get after the quarterback, but force him to make mistakes throughout the course of the afternoon. James, what were your biggest takeaways from the Buccaneers defense in this one? Here we go. I, oh <laughs> I was trying God. to figure out. The, I was trying to figure out the mute button. I, I, um, no, Dude, don't way. don't you do this for like you know like isn't a, this your thing? A, a or, living, basically. Surprisingly, yeah. yeah. Um, no, but in terms of the defense, man, I was so stinking proud of the cornerbacks. I'm looking at guys like Pierre Desir and Delaney. Like those guys put in some work, man. I thought I was proud of them. Delaney was off to a pretty good start in this one. Yeah, like and Got hurt. You know, it was yeah. because of course he's a Bucks defensive back. He has to get hurt at some point. So. Right. And, and I thought it was just so cool that like, you know, Bruce Aarons is like, Oh, they both had two, you know, they both had a good couple of weeks, you know, we'll see which one ends up, uh, you know, starting. And, you know, I, we think they both played well for us and both of them got interceptions. I thought that was cool. I thought that was great. Um, Coach Richard Sherman on the sideline looked great. I thought that that yeah. was fun. It makes me want him to be a coach on this team after he retires. Uh, get like the AQ Shipley treatment. 
Um, but yeah, like this defense played such a complete game, right? Like the pass rush was dominant. It helped out the secondary a ton. I mean, I think every interception that fields through was because of the pressure that was getting put on him because of that pass rush. So it makes the secondary job easier. Um, and just so many guys had to step up and fill in. I talked about Dita Laney, Pierre Desir, Kevin Minter. Um, those guys all put in some really good work today, and I'm happy for all of them. So the funny thing is, apparently, um, Justin Fields on the first interception, uh, somebody in his headset told him that the Bucks had 12 players on the field. So Justin Fields thought it was a free play and just threw it. And, and wow. that's why. So somebody on the Bears coaching staff, I'm not sure who it was, but he was told that the Bucks had 12 players on the field and they obviously did not. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm not, not really sure. Uh, I mean, I, I think I, I said this in my, in my uh, post game, my post, the, the caption, you know, the Bucks played the Bears, like, you know, the Bears came to town, but it was the Bucks who did all the mauling. I mean, it was, it, it was, uh, you know, I, I, even the, the game versus Detroit, I'm not sure last year was this dominant of a defensive performance. Um, you know, I thought the, that game versus Detroit, the offense was much better. Uh, the offense really carried them in that. But, yeah, this was just a, I mean, just pure domination. Like, you just had the sense that, like, Chicago just wasn't going to be able to do anything, like, at any point. And uh, I see Brian Shaw in the chat who, yeah, he didn't really like my my predictions, I guess, because, God forbid, you know, people complain when I pick the Bucks to win. They complain when I pick the Bucks to lose. <laughs> Um, he says brilliant six point game prediction there. Easy work for the bucks. Okay. Brian, did you want me to, to pick a 35 point win is I'm never going to do that. So, um, if, if you have a crystal ball, please let me know. And, uh, (laughs) if, if you picked a 35 point win, please. Yeah. Tell me what the powerball numbers are because I I would love to hear it. Um, so, and also real quick in the, in, in, in the, in, in the Brady era, my record of predicting games, my record is 20 and three in the regular season. Okay. Every do every time, right. for a game, we do a prediction. My record of picking the team to win is 20 and three. The three times I was wrong. It's because I picked the bucks to win twice and they didn't. So anybody that says, Oh, I never picked the bucks and you never do this. Never do that. The two, you know, out of the three times I was wrong, two times I picked the bucks and they didn't even win. So one of the times was against the bears last year. That, that was, that was one of the times. So, you know, I just, I don't understand the whole, Oh, you always pick against the bucks and, and stuff like that. Like, okay, like settle down. Okay. I picked the bucks to win, you know, in every single game th- this year, except for the one they didn't. So I have a perfect record this year. So just stop. You want to know what I've learned from doing this podcast with Evan for, uh, for I think a little over five years at this point is uh, trust the process. Right. That's right. <laughs> that's right. That, that's um, how you, that's how I live life. Yeah. You know, that's Sam Hankey, the, the former president of the uh, 76ers. Um, Sam Hankey really, really just gave me a, a life motto. Made an you impression just, on you. I see. Yeah. I mean, just, you know, he made an impression <laughs> on all of us, you know, and um, yeah. yeah. So, you know, for Tampa Bay, as, as we take a look back at this game, it's funny because it feels like every single week they're making our job easier to do. 
right? Like there really isn't a whole lot you can take away from this game and maybe take into depth and try and complain about because there's just no use in doing it. The Bucks beat a bad football team exactly the way the defending Super Bowl champions should beat a bad football team. They're now six and one for the first time in franchise history. Tom Brady leads the NFL in touchdowns. I'm pretty sure. Uh, I think he will after this weekend is over because Pat Mahomes had a terrible day as Kansas City lost. It, it's shaping up to be one of the best weekends of football in the entire season. So, like, you know, what use is it to to sit around and try and find things to pick at this team about? They do have a really big contest against the New Orleans Saints next week on Halloween, but like, spooky. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, spooky month. I, I really think spooky we. Month. <laughs> thanks, James. <laughs> I, I really I really think we've covered our bases, guys. You know, we talked about the run game. We talked about the receivers having a big day. A couple of guys stepping up despite the injuries. You know, what other storylines are there to take away from this game? D. Delaney obviously going down. Jamel Dean went down a couple of times. Dude. Staying healthy after this game, I think, is also going to be a topic for the next couple of days because, unfortunately for the Bears, they had three players within 24 hours of the game end up on the COVID list. So yeah. just something to monitor as the course of the week goes on. But really, you know, this 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 week of football is as cut and dry as it gets. The Bucks go out there and kick ass for four quarters, right? Do you, yeah, do you mean exactly. – yeah, do you mean like in terms of good and bad stuff? Because there's one thing I kind of want to bring up. Go ahead, Go ahead, man. Whatever, Whatever's on your mind about this game, lay it out on the tape. So kind of thinking about back to the Eagles game too, this is the second week in a row where the run defense has kind of been given up a little bit more than mm. it's been expected. And mm. I'm not saying that that's like – it is nitpicking. It is. But it is, it is still semi-interesting nonetheless, mm. right? Why are you mang? I think I think I I think between the chat and having James on the show this week, we might have broken Evan. He's already cutting promos. Well, so 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 so, what's what's the response to that? Well, I mean, yeah, just uh, the Bears are the the they were ranked seventh in in rushing for offense. That was the one statistic on offense they were actually right. good at. Um, the Bear, we all knew that the Bucks were gonna play like the pass, basically. Um, especially once they got up twenty one points, you're not really expecting the Bears to run much. Mm-hmm. So, like, I mean, I don't know. And then Philly, the the same thing. Like the Bucks were up fourteen, and like, Philly goes hurry up, and then they start running Miles Sanders. So, yeah. I'm, not really concerned about it. So, I mean, the, the teams were passing on the Bucks at an historic rate. So the Bucks had to, you know, basically form their defense to try and stop the pass a little bit more. So, like, you're going to maybe give up some runs, and especially to a team that's a good running team. Like, the, Philly, the Phillies, the Eagles aren't really – I was going to say Philly, and that was because the Eagles. Yeah, just, right. Yeah. Okay, sure. Um, but the Phillies are done. I hate the Phillies, dude. Like, they, they ruined my life. Um <laughs> So, yeah, I don't want to think about them. Um, So, like, you know, Philly, they're not a good – they just don't run the ball, right? So, when they do, it kind of catches the Bucs off guard. They're not really expecting it, right? So, I don't really put too much stock into that. Um, The Bears actually was that Khalil Herbert is the first 100-yard rusher since against the Bucs since Dalvin Cook in Week 14 last year. That was the last – a hundred yard rusher that the Bucks surrendered. So I'm not really concerned. And, and if whatever, right. Like e- even if you are getting yards, you know, through, through on the ground, I don't really care. I, I honestly that, don't. Part of that can be as well that Levante David has been out the past yeah. two games. Yeah, but, but yeah exactly. You know, hundred percent. And uh, 
Antoine Winfield was out. And while he doesn't, uh, you know, play run defense as much as a guy like Jordan Whitehead does, you know, last Thursday, Antoine Winfield wasn't there. Today he was, he made some plays. Uh, I think that definitely impacts things. Carlton Davis. Carlton Davis is actually a very good run support corner. Um, and I I think all of it just affects things. So I'm not, I'm not concerned about it at all. You know, if, 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 if Alvin Kamara, if Alvin Kamara comes in and gets 150 yards and then the week after that, you know, week 10 versus Washington, Antonio Gibson lights them up, then you can start to get, be concerned about it. But until that happens, I'm just, I'm, I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. As we take a look ahead in the week, I wanted to get your opinion, Evan, on, on some of the injuries that we've talked about, because it seems like the timetable is ripe. You know, it's a big division game coming up this week. So I, I have a gut feeling you're going to get at least one, if not two or three of those guys back. But, you know, Rob Ronkowski is someone that you talk about. Richard Sherman's still probably going to end up missing this one. But a couple of other players might be in that discussion this week. Uh, what do you think the ETA is for most of those guys people are looking at on the injury list? I think Levante David might be close because, I mean, if Bruce Arians was hoping that he could be back for this game, like, I have to imagine it'd be very close for, for next week's game. Yeah. Um, I think Rob Gronkowski is close. I don't I don't know. I just don't know if they're going to rush Gronkowski, even though they didn't get much production from the tight ends today like they did versus Philly. I just don't know if they're going to really rush Gronkowski. I know you don't um, want to rush him, but it's a shame he wasn't out there for national tight end day. Yeah, right? Um, I, just, I, I don't know. Um but those are the two guys I think you you can keep your eye on for, for New Orleans. I think those are the two that are closest. Carlton Davis, Sean Murphy Bunting, Richard Sherman, those three are still probably a little ways away. Uh, we don't know about Jamel Dean. I, I think it might have been more of a precautionary thing. Bucks have a huge lead. I think maybe it's something to Jamel Dean. It looked like his arm maybe. I think it's something that Jamel Dean could have played with, but I, you know, like, what's the sense of it? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, th- I think Gronk and Levante are probably the two that are closest. Antonio Brown, I would expect it to only be a one-game thing, just to keep him out this week, but who knows? Uh, I think that all depends on how it swells up and stuff. So, um, But I will say, if guys like Gronk and Levante David and Antonio Brown, if they don't play this week, it does seem like they're getting ready to, to return week 10 versus Washington. So it's sooner rather than later. It definitely is for most of these guys. Uh, I think especially Sherman, it sounds like he's optimistic that it's going to be probably Washington or New York week 11. Um, so it sounds like the Bucks are going to be getting a lot more healthier soon. I just, you know, I think maybe one or two guys come back for New Orleans. I don't know if all of them do. And I think, you know, the weeks following, I think you're going to see guys sprinkled in there. So we'll see. Yeah, and obviously you talk about the timing of the bye week as well. The Bucs are playing a division rival New Orleans in their stadium, and then you've got the bye week. So for the guys who probably aren't going to be ready to go but are kind of close at that point, it almost seems like a shoo-in that they're going to be ready to go for Washington, which is the week of the first-ever Cannon Fire Watch Party at Berry House Beer Company, just for anybody who's curious about that one. But, um, you know, looking at the injuries and, and how these guys are going to be affected going in against uh, – Going in against New Orleans, you know, it'll be interesting to monitor who's in, who's out kind of thing. But, um, you know, even for guys like SMB and Carlton Davis, who still seem like they're a couple of weeks away, having that bye week there feels like it's going to do wonders for their progression on the season because we're going to come out of the bye week and you should be able to get some good news on at least one of those guys who have been out for a long chunk of time. But just something else. I mean, also, yet again, you're not, you play two games right out of the bye week against two offenses that aren't great. So yep. that, that helps also, right? You don't need to rush them back necessarily. That's been a huge break that the Bucks have gotten, 
right? You know, after that Rams game, when Jamel Dean went down, and obviously, you know, Carl Davis went down during the New England game, but New England, Philly, you know, New England, Miami, Philly, Chicago, all those those four offenses just really helps a, a depleted <laughs> defense. It really helps because, you know, to play those types of offenses. So New Orleans is going to be tough if a lot of those guys can't go. It will be tough, but, you know, they're not the best offense in the world. Like, they're, they're not, you know, they're not a top 10 offense. They, they're probably – out of the, the teams that the Bucs have played the last four weeks, they're probably the best offense, I would say. But I don't think they're anything, you know, like spectacular. Um, the biggest thing is it's it's a tough road game. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's a tough road game. That's the, That energy in that building is going to be incredible. So the Bucs are going to have to really match it. And, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. But like I said, I do think the Bucs will be getting healthy uh, sooner rather than later for sure. Yeah, and taking a look at how Tampa Bay has been performing at home this season as opposed to undefeated at home. They are now undefeated at home, and uh, that's going to be so much more important down the stretch because hopefully if the Bucs can keep their win total up and remain among the top seeds in the NFC, home field advantage come the playoffs, man. If you can get Raymond James Stadium rocking the way that it has been these past few weeks during the playoffs, that's going to be huge because, I mean, the facts are there. We see the way that this team plays in Tampa and uh, that's going to be really important down the stretch as well. Let's go ahead and uh, you know start to recap everything that we have talked about today. I want to get to the take bag part of the program. Evan, it is time for your weekly take bag. I'm curious if you have anything you want to take away from this game. And then uh, whenever you're finished, James, I want to get your thoughts too. Yeah, just, I mean, real quick, uh, shout out to Tom Brady. Um, not sure if you guys saw or not, but... Tom Brady greeted a fan and it looked, it looked like it was a normal interaction or whatever, but mm-hmm. it turns out that fan actually had brain cancer. So Tom Brady, uh, the fan had a sign that said, Tom Brady helped me beat brain cancer. And uh, Tom Brady went over to him and shook his hand, gave him a hat and just, just, just a cool thing. I mean, the kids started crying just some of the, if you, if you want to, if you want to feel good, but also maybe as a little tearjerker, um, you know, go ahead and check that out. It's pretty cool. It's a good um, day for stuff like that, by the way. I yeah, mean, Mike Evans yeah. going out of his way to, you know, to find fans to give game balls to, and then Tom Brady being the good guy we know he is. It was, it was a good day for the feel good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, and also this is one more thing. Uh, I don't think the refs were that horrible today, but they did miss a lot of obvious holds. I felt, um, so I think the Bucs could have had even more sacks. Uh, it, it felt like they missed three or four holds throughout the game. And yeah, I don't know. I know the refs aren't great. And they, they were fine today, but just, I don't know, just, just something. Um, just, just something to, I don't know, just something that's like frustrating. It's always frustrating yeah, to me yeah. when it's not called and then it's a big play or, um, you know, and also, so I think Ryan Suggett missed the field goal. And then the Bears went down and kicked the field goal. And that felt like it was almost a turning point. But then kudos to the Bucks offense for keeping their fill in the gas and putting it away because, you know, that's one where, like, you need to put the ball in the end zone. And they did uh, because the Bears were getting some momentum there. They only, you know, kudos to the defense for only allowing three points. It was 21 to three at that point, I think. Um, then the Bucks offense made it 28 to three, which obviously we all know about that. But, um, I wonder what Tom Brady was thinking when it was 28 to three. It's like, huh, <laughs> well, they were able to, ins- you know, they were able to keep it not that way before the half, which is always good. 35 points. I believe the most points ever scored by Tampa Bay in yep. the first quarter or first half. So literally the most productive first two quarters in Buccaneers history we witnessed out there today. But 
you know, talking about the offense stepping up and just finishing this game when they needed to, I think back to, I believe it was the scoring drive that put them up 35 to three right before the half. And they went for it on fourth down. Uh, They put Leonard Fournette up the gut. He's able to break a tackle, push forward, move the chains, set the bucks up, get the right call. Yeah, it it was a good call. I mean, no risk it, no biscuit strikes again. And uh, that's a great moment to do it as they were able to put away Chicago. James, what are your final thoughts on this one? Yeah, uh, great momentum, right? This is two out of the past three games the Buccaneers have played where they have just been dominant, mm-hmm. right? Like not even close. So they've got a lot of good momentum in their favor going into a pretty important game next week. Not exactly in terms of like division standings or anything because the Bucks are still – going to be number one in the division even if they like lose fit. next week i mean aside y- from the yes and no but like if the bucks lose then the saints like if it comes down to that the saints might have the head-to-head tiebreaker so yeah. oh that's so true if they beat seattle record. tomorrow if they beat seattle tomorrow yes yeah. so i guess that's true i forgot that they only have two losses right they're three and two yes yeah the giants and the panthers yes so not just because of that, but also because of the fact that, you know, there's a lot of storylines. There's a lot, a lot, a lot of storylines. We're going to have plenty of time to talk about them. Don't worry. Yeah. So it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be just, geez. I mean, my gosh, it's just, <laughs> I'm, I'm happy that they have a lot of momentum on their side is the point for a lot uh, of with- people. I mean, looking at, uh, you know, the slew of content we're going to be putting out this week for a lot of people, it seems like they've been waiting for this moment for, for a little while, right? I, I mean, I, I feel like between the end of 2019 to right now, we've done everything we can to maybe not mention our ex-quarterback every other week. Every now and again, it gets brought up because, of course, now he's in the same division as us. But this is the week. Uh, this is this is it. It's going to be a big game for Tampa Bay. Obviously, the division race is going to be important. But just beating those damn Saints, man. Halloween in their house the buccaneers rolling winners of their last four six and one for the first time in franchise history in firm grasp on first place in the nfc south it's gonna be a fun week of football it's always a fun week of football when the buccaneers win but now that they're six and one man like we talk about it every week the fact that this team just feels like it keeps getting better and uh another quality opponent that they're gonna have to step up to this week but i'm confident they can do it of course we're gonna talk about everything else between now and then over the course of the week on the Cannon Fire podcast. But with that, folks, I think that's just about going to do it for this week's show. Thank you so much for hanging out live with us on YouTube. Shout out to all of our people in the chat. Tony Baloney, glad to have you here, man. My buddy Redbeard it's checking all fun. in. It's all fun, Tony. Oh, it's all ribs. It's all ribs. Kevin522, the moderator, holding it down. Willie Beeman was also in here earlier. Shout out to him. Uh, Brady is Mahomes' daddy, still probably one of the top tier usernames we had actually put together a list of like the good usernames because um i mean between you know the stuff that i've done with live streaming and then this and you see a lot of different chat names but i like all the football related ones but there's a lot of really good chat names we gotta start keeping track jared was in here as well brian shaw who doesn't like your predictions but he still tunes in glad to have him here but thanks to anybody else i may have missed and uh, if you haven't subscribed to the channel already, make sure you do so. Plenty of great Buccaneers content throughout the course of the season and beyond. Follow us on uh, social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Cannon Fire Podcast. Best place to go for updates on the show. And of course, Buccaneer news as it happens. Speaking of Bucks news as it happens, you can follow my co-host Evan on Instagram at Bucks underscore daily, the number one Buccaneers fan page on Instagram 
rapidly approaching 30,000 followers. You can also find him on Twitter at EvanNFL. Check out James' stuff if you want to. He is on YouTube here at Mr. Bucks Nation and uh, social media at Mr. Bucks Nation as well, although he's not too active on there anymore. But I will tell you, if you guys follow us on social media or you pay attention to the community tab, you saw that this week me and James were able to pick up some reading material. Good stuff. Right? Good right stuff. here, buddy. Season in the Sun by Lars Anderson, forward by Coach Bruce Arians. The inside story of Bruce Arians, Tom Brady, and the making of a champion. It basically details the Buccaneers' process of going after Tom Brady. Operation Shoeless Joe Jackson, as it was uh, codenamed around one buck place. And then, of course, the 2020 <laughs> campaign and eventual Super Bowl championship. It's a great <laughs> recap of last season, and maybe you'll learn something. Go check it out. It is available now. Brady is Mahomes' daddy, soon to be Mr. Table Nation. Oh, right. yeah, man. Can't forget, James has got <laughs> great content, but he's also the man going through a table at the you first ever what? Cannon Fire Watch Party here in a couple of weeks. That's going to be man. fun. <laughs> That's going to be so fun. <laughs> <laughs> James gonna be James gonna be dead on the table. It's so fun. It's gonna oh, he's be gonna be blast. he's gonna be under the he's not gonna be on the table. He'll be under the table. Uh, He'll be through the table. I'll, I'll be I'll yes. be in the table. <laughs> yeah. Last but not least, you can follow myself on uh, Instagram and Twitter at Redicus R H E T T A K U S. If you follow me, I will follow you back. With that said, folks. Thanks once again for checking out this week's episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast, brought to you by our good friends over at BetOnline.ag. If you want to get a head start, send us your questions and your takes for the midweek mailbag show. We're going to be doing that on Wednesday, and we'd love to hear from you. CannonFirePodcast at gmail.com. Submit a take, a question, whatever it may be. We'll read it on the show, and we will talk about it. That's the nature of the mailbag show. And then, of course, later on in the week, we're going to be breaking down Sunday's matchup against the New Orleans Saints. So uh, make sure you subscribe and you don't miss any of the great content that we have got coming your way this week. I am your host, Rhett Matthew, signing off from my co-host, Evan Wanish, and our very special guest, James Hill. We'll talk to you guys later. Until then, and as always, go Bucks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.